Hey everybody, before we get started today, we have some vital news for Apple Podcast listeners. In case you haven't heard, Apple recently did another update. This update kicked a lot of our followers off the show and paused notifications for new episodes. It even happened to some of our own team members, so you definitely want to check out your settings. To see if this happened to you, open your podcast app, search for the 200% Life, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see either a follow button or a pause symbol. Tap either one of those to make sure you are following the show and getting new downloads. This really helps you by making sure new episodes show up in your feed so you never miss an episode. It also makes sure new episodes are downloaded to your phone so you can listen to them when you're not connected to Wi-Fi. It's also really helpful to us. When you follow the show, the algorithm helps us spread the 200% life philosophy to new listeners. This is true for other platforms as well. So while you're at it, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or another favorite platform, please be sure to hit the follow, subscribe, or like button. This helps us reach new listeners and teach them how to use business as a conduit for their personal growth. And as always, we'd love to hear any questions you'd like us to cover on the show. Maybe it's a situation you're struggling with personally, or a topic you think would be helpful to a friend. You can drop your questions in the Q&A box in the show notes on Spotify, or you can email us at hello at adamhergenrother.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications to be alerted when we cover them. Hey everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. Today I'm joined by Hallie and a special guest, my daughter, Sienna. Hi. Hi, Sienna. How are you today? Good. Just good. What are you doing today? Uh, we're going to the Mount Washington. Yes, and it's going to be fun. And you guys are going to hike up the mountain. No, not. <laughs> yes, you are. No, not. Or I'm going to drop you off there, and you have to sit up there for at least three nights. Yay. <laughs> I know. But before we get into the show, Sienna, you have a special message for everybody. Before we hop into my dad and Hallie's podcast, I'm going to ask for one favor. If you listen to Business Meets Spirituality on Apple Podcasts, hit the follow button. And if you listen to it on Spotify, you can hit the follow button too. This way, every time a new episode comes out, you'll be the first to know. Also, if you have any friends, coworkers, or fellow business leaders that you think benefit from the podcast tell them about it invite them to the community now let's get on to the show well thank you honey you're welcome so thank you sienna for that wonderful introduction uh today hallie we're going to jump into a wonderful topic that we're extremely excited about. And it's pretty funny before we got on air, you know, just for the listeners, uh, for a long time, I've actually mentioned to Hallie that we should kind of frame part of our conversation about what we're going to talk about. And she's fought me on it for a long time. And then this morning she's like, hey, I'm thinking that we should uh, talk and, and mention what we're actually going to talk about on the show, which I thought was kind of interesting. So Hallie, what are we going to talk about the show today? I'm not going to argue with you right now. Oh, no, you can. It's fine. <laughs> Um, but I see that whole situation a little bit differently. Yeah. Her, <laughs> um, her, her counter argument to that is that whatever we start to talk about, uh, I never do. We never actually do, which is so, why I said, let's not set expectations that we can't uphold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But today we are actually going to stick to it. We're going to talk about health. Yes. We're going to talk about health and not in the way that health in terms of people hear it. It's not going to be a 15 day, like get your abs out. It's not going to be a, you know, a diet. It's, it's going to be your overall health. How much energy do you have? Like I look at health in terms of thinking about how much energy you have to bring to your family, to your business, to the world, right? It's not about a triathlon or a marathon or a yoga series or Bikram yoga or any of that. It's but just, it can be. It can be. It can I, include I all see, of that. Yeah, health and wellness to me is 
all of that. It's exercise. It's what your nutrition, it's sleep, it's um, energy, meditation, brain health, dealing with inflammation or chronic issues. It's all of that. It's all that. And I think one of the the reasons why it's important to us is because this month in our organization is all about health. So we're talking about health in terms of all of this. And Project You, it's our entire quarter is all on health and wellness. And and I think one of the things that we have to kind of misspell, uh, misspell, Mm -mm. it's not the right way to use that. Dispel or. It's like, but what if you misspelled it and it's kind of the same thing. A myth that you want to dispel. Exactly. And you just said misspell. Exactly. It's a combination of those words. That's true. Um, But anyways, like a lot of those, um, ideas that are out there about people wearing badges about uh like the lack of sleep they get or and they don't look at it that way they look at it as like i only got four hours sleep and look what i'm doing how i'm in operating the, yeah, I was say, particularly in startup or entrepreneur world i think it's changing but specifically for entrepreneurs it's like i can survive on three hours of sleep and yeah. i'm you know up at all hours just getting my stuff done or whatever whatever but and that's one side of the coin the yeah. other side of the whole coin is too is that i just don't have time for my health and mm-hmm. so this can be the average working mom dad individual that's your, out there your life your local chief of staff Ex- exactly right all, <laughs> all of those i mean that's what i constantly hear it's either like yeah. people are using it as like a badge because i'm just working non-stop and by the way there are these outliers just to kind of spell that, like there are these outliers, less than 1% that actually can operate in less than four hours sleep. Like Elon yes. Musk might be one of them, right? Um, but like there are, there are very few people that can actually build that model. I actually know people that are in that realm that can operate on three or four hours sleep and do really, really well in the afternoons and the evenings late into the day and are super productive. But for the most of us, we're not that actual productive. Um, and that's why I think it's, it's really important to understand you. Optimal is seven to nine hours. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's just been for nine 98% of the population, that's that's what it's going to be for. Yeah, so it's that um, so people who, and especially those like uber successful or unicorn companies who, those are the stories you hear about. They only operate on four or five hours, maybe three hours of sleep. And so we think, oh, to be that successful, we need to only yeah. have that little amount of sleep. But like you said, um, that's an outlier. But I do think what you mentioned that is much more common yes. is people using work or other things as an excuse, yes. which I've done for many years. Yes to not to neglect their to health, neglect the health. Yeah. To almost deny it and pretend like I'm just going to put all my energy over here yeah. and I can feel good about myself because I'm doing such a good job doing this yeah. work, parenting, well, you nonprofits. Get you get, yeah. You get, you're, you're, you're getting your validation or your, your worth, your self worth from something up there. So it's allowing yourself to slip on this and much faster than health because health is a law. You don't get a ton of validation very quickly. Well, no, because if you go and eat a salad instead of eating, you know, McDonald's like, yeah, I guess there's a, there's a, you're probably going to feel better, yeah. but you're not going to look any different necessarily. Right. Whereas in business, you can go and tangibly check off things and feel that, that initial, that initial kind of inertia right. from like, like I made a hundred. Yes, calls, exactly. Or I or even got a sale sealed, done this week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and health is health and wellness is a, is a, um, is a lifelong journey. It just yes. never ends. And w- cause the reason why we say it like this is the way I like to look at my health in general is that you, first of all, you want to maximize how you feel in each moment. And what I found working with lots of people is that they don't actually realize how much better they can feel until they actually start making some changes in their life around health and wellness. And as they make those changes, they start to realize how much better they can actually feel for life. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean for life for like in terms of going after anything. I just mean like you wake up feeling better and that mm-hmm. can continue to go on and on and on. It becomes this journey of those different things. Um, and at some point, if you, we don't know when we're going to die, but if we do make it to our later years, 
years or last chapters of your life, whatever that is, 80, 90, 100, 120 years old, you're going to want a tailwind from your health. And that's the other thing I like to think about strategically about your health is whatever you put in your body now is going to have some sort of impact later on. Yes. Can you probably work your way out of it in your 20s and 30s a little bit easier? Probably. Right. But as you start getting later on in life, some of those where your body starts to not function quite as much. Right. Mm -hmm. You have a little bit more stress in those different things. It can lead. And we're going to get into this into the research that shows a lot of these factors, particularly lack of sleep, are contributing to like Alzheimer's disease. Right. They're, They're recognizing this in two or three decades before it actually you have your initial, um, you know, signs of having any of those things or the reason why people are having heart attacks is because of what they're eating now. So all that becomes this simple little pebble, then another pebble, then another pebble, then another pebble throughout their lives until they get to the end. And that's why people are dying from a lot of these, not, not always, but they're just neglecting to do things in their health. Yeah. I think oftentimes when we do talk about health and I think for a long time, even when we were talking about it, it always had to do with like physical challenges or mm-hmm. physical, um, fitness, yeah. which is a, is a part of it. No, no doubt. But, um, what I think that we're learning more and more about and other people are doing a lot more research on is especially sleep and how important it is to the brain. But more specifically, it's great if our bodies can last a long time, yes. but if our brain isn't mm-hmm. functioning properly, like what, I mean, your brain is how you, live yes. to a certain degree. Yeah. Well, it's a combination of both, right? Um, and you can have a heart transplant, Yes, but you can't have a brain transplant yet. Right. Not yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that'd be weird yeah. if you had a brain transplant. I wonder if you would actually have your self-identity changed. I'm not sure. It's um, an interesting kind of neuroscience I mean, I topic. Think that, that book, Keep Sharp, I think yeah. talked a lot about the brain and how like your brain is your personality. Your brain is your memories. Your brain is the patterns of well, actually didn't really go too much into that. Oh, it, it, it t- well, I, I think they haven't really identified where people actually bring up memory. Pretty like sure there's it's in the brain. It, well, they, that's what they, they say, yeah. but there's no actual evidence because you can't actually see a memory there. But then where else would it be? Well, consciousness. That's how you yeah. can bring it okay. in. The consciousness is what they're talking about. Yeah. The brain, you actually can't, you actually can't go to the brain and say, they can tell you how it functions and regulates, but they can't say, let me see the image. So I know that that's where it actually stays. They actually may have a pinpoint exactly where in the brain that they, people pull memories from. They have ideas about hippocampus or the prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. that kind of help regulate different things and bring electrical impulses to the brain to allow some of these things to occur. But there's no place in the brain you can go and say, show me your book of memories. And that's where, that's where the whole concept of consciousness or neuroscience meets but spirituality. What about amnesia when somebody loses their memories, essentially. What do you mean? Well, I mean, if you have amnesia, you're forgetting things that had happened to you previously. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I can't, they, they know where that is, don't they? I don't think so. They don't know where amnesia comes from. Well, they know the, the reasons why it happens, um, but where is it stored? Like, that's the thing. Like there's shelves in there and there's, there's places you can store certain kind of names and different things, but you can't actually go in there and actually see like the names in there. And that's the kind of the big debate right now in neuroscience, right? When we had our other guest on, we had a lot of conversation around there about how neuroscience is, is coming up and meeting consciousness, right? And so there's these kind of two conversations that go on is one is like, where are you? Because you're not the brain, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're using the brain. Where are you? And is it housed there or not? And that's why even when we had uh, Dr. Eben Alexander on there, his brain was completely shut down. That's what makes his story so fascinating is that his brain had a disease where it couldn't function. 
And yeah. so it actually couldn't be there. And yet he still remained and still had all of those memories that he was able to pull back. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So during that, that's what this whole conversation is. And I, and I look, I, I, not a neuroscience, but they haven't, there's no direct evidence of any of that. Um, so it's pretty interesting though. Yes. Well, regardless, I want to keep my brain <laughs> healthy so that I can have whatever memories, um, thinking yeah. all of that. And for as long, long as possible, I don't know if you've ever had, um, somebody close to you have Alzheimer's. Um, not to the degree that other people have. I mean, we yeah. build, we build the facilities and we right. had healthcare campuses, but and we were kind of around it, but, um, Oh, actually, we did. We yeah. did. Uh, Sarah's grandfather did, um, yeah. which is really interesting. My grandmother d- it was, it does was, too. It was sad to see people to do that. But yes, yeah. and how the and how actually with when the brain, as the brain is deteriorating, yeah, um, the body doesn't. Even though like there's some muscle memory and stuff yeah. there, but it it's just interesting how it actually that goes away too because the, it's just like no connection between the brain and the body. I don't know. It's just it is very interesting. I'm very sad. Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing when, when Bill, when somebody asked Bill Gates recently, I said, well, this is one thing you kind of worry about. And his response was getting Alzheimer's. Yeah. He thought that would be, cause he's such an individual who uses brain, but the reason like somebody like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, 91, 96 respectively, and how they can use, they use their brain every day. So that kind of gets us talking about the wellness of this, right? Max, your brain, so let's just talk about the brain in general. Your, your brain basically, um, uh, is a muscle, right? And so the more you use this and the more you can support this, the stronger that it becomes and the more it can wean off. And I think in the book, in Sanjay Gupta's book, Keep Sharp, the one of the things they talk about is how they can see the plaque buildup that starts leaking or leading to Alzheimer's and early in basically early onset Alzheimer's. And it's actually relevant and prevalent in people's brains that never get it. And a part of that is because their muscles stay sharp enough and strong enough that it can fight these things off. So if you actually, uh, in his book, he talks about how sleep really impacts the brain. And we can just dive into sleep for a second here real quick, because I think we started off this conversation by talking about how a lot of people have this badge of like, I can, you know, I can do a lot. I'm super person and I can work 45 hours a week or 45 hours of sleep a night. But even people like Tony Robbins, who have been such anti, like such anti long numbers of sleep of basically being like, cause I remember being in a lot of conferences and being like, I sleep four hours a night and this, everyone should. And this is kind of like almost projecting that onto it to a certain that was extent. A lot of the language, like Five years. Ago, yeah. I mean, for even yeah. for a lot of people. And then he's certainly, he's actually retooled himself to talk more about, Hey, ever since I've started doing all this research and realizing the effects on the brain, mm-hmm. particularly, uh, in the body and other parts of the body, but affected those things that he's like, now my minimum threshold is six hours. And it may not be always seven, but I'm always striving for at least seven, but a minimum of six, which is two hours more per night. And it's not just the sleep. It's the actual quality of sleep. Right. And the purpose of us just having this dialogue is actually bring some sort of level of awareness. So you can start, look, there's techniques. If you want to start optimizing your health and your sleep, you will find your way, right? You just find your way. So the point of this is to kind of guide people to say, Hey, are you paying attention to your health right now? And not just physical fitness. There's a whole bunch of things you can do um, to help out. And number one is just optimizing your sleep because we know that as you start to sleep, your brain goes into what's called REM sleep or um, basically non REM sleep. And the REM sleep is where actually the majority of the um, healing, if you will, or the 
growth occurs from the brain. So for instance, like when you, when you start to sleep, when you first start to sleep, your brain goes and starts organizing new information, right? And that's the kind of the first step in this is it starts to put all the information, all the sensory inputs that you've had that day. It starts to gather all that information and starts to basically create file cabinets for this, right? If so, if analogy kind of works that way, then once it creates that, it then goes to solidify your memories and basically starts to put these into file filing cabinets to a certain extent, like, you know, people's names and different things that you can recall. It starts to put these into file cabinets. But the really interesting thing about these first two stages about how it does it, let's say you had a hundred, you know, um, you had a hundred different things that you could, uh, that you learned that day. And there's obviously a lot more, but let's just say you had a hundred and your brain only slept enough to put 50 of those things away or to, uh, to strengthen your memory. When you wake up to start your day, the next morning, those other 50 things go out the door. Your brain basically wakes up and says, whatever hasn't been processed is being eliminated. And so the minute it eliminates that stuff, that's what happens. And that becomes an, an issue is where you can't strengthen your ability to actually um, grow and, and with your muscle your, your ability to actually intellectually grow because of that lack of actual sleep that you need. So basically before you get up in the morning, whatever hasn't been processed just gets eliminated. So it's literally like the brain wakes up and it starts to process. It literally just eliminates everything from there that hasn't been able to process. So the lack of sleep actually contributed to less intelligence as we see intelligence, like memorization and those type of things. Right. So that's one of the reasons more sleep actually aids in people's intellectual abilities. And if you do that every day, think about how much smarter, I don't mean smarter in terms of your ability to use it, but like to remember things and like that con storing knowledge. Yeah. Storing that knowledge thing gets every day you get 1% better. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus somebody every day who's not, if you're, if you're able to process and, and store those memories or the intellectual knowledge of that, you know, 50 times better than everybody else every day, you just over time becomes more intelligent. Right. And it's like those things, remember your brain can only process a certain amount of the, uh, of the things that, you know, that's why like when you've ever speaking or in doing podcasts or somebody asks you a question and you come up with the answer and you didn't even kind of remember that you even remembered it. Mm -hmm. That's where that comes from. It's like, it's there, but it only comes up when you're directing, when you're actually in the moment. So you're not actually, you're not actually using, this is where the whole consciousness con conversation comes into play. Cause it's like, you're not trying to use your brain to are recall you, it. Exactly. Are you just, is it just, it's there. So it just comes out because the knowledge is there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why sleep's important for there because it increases your intelligence. So after that, that's one phase of it. And by the way, it's quality of your sleep too. So the more REM sleep you can have, the faster those, the, the larger the waves, which allows that process to where you organize new information and solidifying memories happens faster. And obviously when you're doing this, more sleep actually leads to more creative thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, it clears, this is a big one that, that I think that I took away from this, th that book was it clears out harmful toxins. And that's where a lot of it, it's not just, um, you know, Alzheimer's plaque, it's like other like cancerous cells and your ability to actually, you know, eliminate those, you know, people always have cancer cells floating in their body. Mm -hmm. It's their ability to eliminate those things, fight those off, right. the better, the more quality sleep you have, the better your, your, everything functions, right? So it's, and it's not that your brain can't do that. So if you... Um, it's about the sleep aids your brain. Yeah, so it's, it's like, exactly. So it's, 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 they're separate, but linked, right? Yeah. It's there. So everything's linked together that way. It's not like if you miss sleep, but that's also why every single, when we watch that video on project D, like every single animal that's on the planet sleeps, yeah. even dolphins, 
right? I thought that was really interesting. Shut off one hemisphere so that one hemisphere sleeps because it can't sit still because of predators and different things. But like the fin on that left side, if the left side, hem- if the left hemisphere were to, sh- to start sleeping, the fin doesn't work on that side. And then when all of a sudden the right side, the right hemisphere sleeps, the right hemisphere fin stops working. And so they, that's how animals in nature that need to move sleep, but they shut down different sides of their brain so they can go through that process. And, and bears, you know, they, they sleep, they awake 20, 24 hours at a day during the, during the middle of the summer. And then they go in the winter and they optimize their sleep for sleeping and making up for it. So every, every thing in nature sleeps. Mm-hmm. And if you were to try to keep yourself up for a period of time, you would, you would feel this pressure to want to sleep. That's why people fall asleep driving, right? Well, I believe um, sleep deprivation, you die if you're deprived of sleep. I want to say it's like within five or seven days. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but actually there's another, there's a movie on Netflix right now. It's kind of interesting. It's called Awake. And it's like this post-apocalyptic type hmm. movie where what happens, it, I just thought it was interesting because we're doing the whole sleep thing. Um, something like in the energy in the hemis the world or whatever the universe like something happens and nobody can sleep huh and so people start like but day five it's like people are starting to like kill each other day seven people are just dying and then you know anyone who can sleep like there's one person who can sleep and they start testing on them to figure out why Why how they can and it's very interesting yeah Um, but they gave some stats about sleep deprivation, but yeah, your body needs to sleep. Yeah. That's the point, right? Like yeah. you're in like, in, the, the thing is the longer you try to fight sleep, the stronger the internal pressure cooker kicks in that says you need to sleep, mm-hmm. right? It just starts building up more and more pressure. Almost like, again, it's that astro body, the astro body, <laughs> the, the astro body trying to tell you like you need to sleep in order to basically to do this, to function properly. Mm-hmm. And so it really kicks in. That's where that pressure is to start to start sleeping and your body releases, you know, melatonin and different things to help get you there. So that's why we kind of get into these rhythms with it to help us sleep and aid in that sleep for it because we all have to sleep and that's the process. So you, not only does it clear harmful toxins out, so just remember every time you have a lack of sleep, that's one less tailwind you're creating and more of a headwind that you're creating. And you can't catch up. You People can't try to catch up that's on what, sleep on the weekends. Yes. Um, it doesn't it work that doesn't way. Work. It's yeah. exactly right. And everyone thinks that that's another myth yeah. about sleep, right? They think that they can go in there and actually catch up on the weekends. Mm-hmm. That's actually more harmful yes. because it throws everything off of your circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. right? Because you, if you're, and this is one of the, the things to optimizing your sleep, since we're, we're just talking about it is you should actually try to get up within the, within, within an hour of the normal time that you get up. So if you get up at six, you shouldn't be sleeping really past seven on the weekends because it, then Mondays become very difficult. And that's one of the reasons why I think Mondays suck for people. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, because for one, they're just, there's work, but then number two, their rhythms off. Sure. They, they stayed up to 11, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, and they slept into nine. They often also drink, which we yeah. know can affect yes. different things in your, in your body for yeah. different people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so then when they get there, then everything's off and they have to, and then they're like, Oh, now I'm back into a rhythm Tuesday or Wednesday. And then by the time they're back in the rhythm, they do it again on the weekend. Yep. So that's part of the thing is, so even, I mean, look, I get it. If, if you sleep in a couple weekends, you know, a year, like <laughs> it's not going to hurt you. Right. None of this is like, it's not going like, to, but we're uh, just talking about how to get like a leg up exactly. on, on and creating tailwinds for down life. the road, being strategic <laughs> yeah. about your health. Right. Instead of just allowing, you know, however you feel, it's kind of like the Elod Cupid quote, right. Where it says only disciplined ones in life are free. Everybody else is a slave to your moods and your passions. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this. It's like, Oh, I feel like sleeping in. Well, you're just being a slave to your moods and your passions instead of actually, and here's the reality. And I, I know that, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but when I actually do sleep in like way beyond the normally, if I normally get up between four and four thirty, if I sleep into like seven or six thirty, 
it might I usually would woken wicked woken up around 4 30 yeah. and then I'd kind of like fall back asleep yeah when I get back up I actually feel worse I feel a little bit more tired but more than anything um I just like hate myself yeah well, that's, <laughs> that's, well, that's what I mean like I'm like man I just slept I just lost now it's almost eight o'clock I'm yeah. like where'd my day go I, I don't like it at all I know and yeah. I think and, and when we're private people most people share that they're like I don't even like sleeping in but I like sleeping in and that's why you have yeah. to have the discipline to I like not the option to do yes. it. But then when I, I don't actually want to do it, that's the, that's the emotion part of it instead yeah. of actually staying on these rhythms. So it's just, look, we're not telling you what to do. We're just giving you ideas to be strategic and aware and bring awareness around. Also, these are like easy and free, and free. things to do exactly. to, um, better your health. And if you know, you're going to get up Saturday morning an hour later than you, you normally do, you're going to you not maybe stay up as late. Maybe you go to bed a l- an hour earlier, right? You just, you know, you just, you, you don't watch three seasons. You watch two seasons of your favorite show, right? Or whatever it is. You have two glasses of wine instead of four, right? You just, you just start making these small optimizations and you start to feel like, wow, I feel better. Like one of the things I love, like on Saturday mornings, I love getting up early and getting like, I usually there's a group for like, for me personally, like in the summer, there's a, there's a big group bike ride that people do. It's called Saturday Gravel Worlds, And it's really fun. And like, Saturday what? Saturday. It's called SWG Saturday, uh, SGW. It's, it's, it's Saturday gravel world. Oh, you just were talking so fast. I couldn't actually hear what you said. (laughs) Um, it's a, it's a gravel bike, but like people that are like tour de France, people show up for this thing. It's really fun anyways. And it's just fun rides. Uh, and and so you go out there and it's like a two, two or two to three hour ride. And if it's not that, like you try to get in this really cool morning exercise for like three hours. I love to do that. Right. I love to get up early and in the summer it's, it's light. And also in the winter, like you can skin early, you can get, you can be on the mountain skins down by 6am. So by again, 839, you've got your meditation, your journaling and, and an awesome workout. And I'm not saying people can do that, but for me, then I come home and I have the whole day to be with my family. I'm not feeling any stress to go out there and try to get in this big workout. I'm not feeling any, any, cause I've also, my body runs and it's like, I feel like I have a, like a blue collar body where it just wants to be worked. And I have a lot of energy going through that. And if I don't ground that some way, it actually becomes a problem. Um, I have to really let go. Like if I don't exercise, like the energy buildup gets very strong. Now there's other ways to do that. I'm sure do you, you think could that's do- a physical energy buildup or do you think that's more of like a, like a mental, like your mind is just, um, I'm just wondering, like you're, you have so many ideas and thoughts and plans and whatever, maybe this, I'm talking about myself. And so actually having that physical energy release is helpful so that you're not in your head so much, or do you find that it's really a physical energy that needs to be? So I've tossed this idea around a lot. Yeah. Uh, and here's my conclusion on this. The reason why you have all the thoughts and energy around that and the ideas and you do this and you do that is because the energy starts building up and has to manifest some way. And so then it starts going to your thoughts to try to get released because a thought is a release of energy. Yeah. So the more like the, all of a sudden you have, like when you wait when at middle of at, at nighttime or in the middle of the night, you wake up and you can't fall asleep because you have all these thoughts running through your head. Yeah. It's that same thing. If you don't release that energy somehow in, in, in a, in a healthy way and it starts building up and it starts releasing, it can build up into the mind and, and start becoming these overabundance of thoughts. So are you saying to do, you do the physical activity almost so that you don't get to the point where your mind exactly. is you're taking over? Exactly. Okay. And, and part of that is in the more, and when you're doing that, like it helps ground you for one, you're moving your body. It's a, it's a, it's a massive natural release of energy. Um, and as you release that energy, it starts to ground you and, and, and just allows you to be a little bit more focused. And that's why you feel so much better about the day from waking up from there. Um, there's a, uh, there's a really, there's a really good book that I'm reading right now. Um, it's called 
uh, karma yoga and the energy body, um, which I think is a, is a, is a really, really, really fascinating book. Um, it's a uh, yeah, karma, it's karma yoga and the energy body. I'm trying to remember it. San guru is the guy who, uh, wrote he was it. the guy from the podcast. Yeah. San guru is the guy from there. Um, and I'm almost done. It's like a 10 hour book, but he talks and just in this, I thought that was really interesting about how he's bringing health into karma and yoga. And one of the reasons why, um, you know, uh, uh, people in yoga, which means union, I don't mean yoga, like yoga, the ex- exercise is much more than that in, in their traditions. And it's about grounding energy. And he talks about how if there's not a physical form to ground energy, your energy will manifest into different ways, which is what's causing a lot of stress and anxiety for people, which I thought it was just kind of a different way of saying it. Yeah. And if you actually remember when Michael Singer, um, uh, emailed me back regarding, um, like when I had like a lot of like, anytime you have like a, like a spiritual release, like you just, just getting a little deeper, but when you have like a spiritual release from different things, if everybody's ever let go in the moment and it happened and within several minutes or an hour of you actually releasing the energy, you have this overabundance of energy because you've now no longer suppressing it. So it starts running through your body. And one of the things he said to me, he's like, you know, that's why yoga asanas become so popular back in the day was because this, you're the first person to do this basically he said, and he said, yes, there's so much energy going through your body that if it doesn't find outlets, then it'll just, it'll find other ways to just try to get out and you can't handle it. That's why doing an exercise practice, which is what he said, you know, yoga asanas or whatever you want to do is a way of grounding that. I heard Adi Shanti talk, Adi Shanti talk about the same thing where when he was going through his releases, they became so strong in his body because his is because his nervous system wasn't used to having that much energy in there that he would have to go to, um, certain heat, like, you know, massage therapist or chiropractors or, um, you know, dry needling or anything like that to actually help ground him for years. So we could actually withstand that. And we're off topic a little bit, but like mm-hmm. that's, it's part of that whole thing is when you're, when you're actually doing the work, you're going to have a more of abundance of energy coming and being released into your system. Right. It's like all of a sudden you put a, a V10 in your car and the car can't handle the V10 engine. There's nothing wrong with the engine, but there's nothing wrong with the car. And so, and then it may break. And so that's part of why creating a physical structure in a nervous system, people talk about like the stability in a nervous system to be able to handle the release of, of karma or the release of some scars or anything like that. That's what happened to Eckhart Tolle, by the way, when he released, it, it became such an abundance amount of energy that his nervous system actually couldn't handle the energy. And that's why he sat in a park bench for three years because it wasn't strong enough to handle the engine in the car. The car wasn't strong enough. The components weren't strong enough to actually handle that release. And so the same thing here, that's why I think of an exercise in the morning, it, it helps ground you. So you don't, it's like a preventative care. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, there's obviously, we talk about the body so much around physical activity and that's awesome because it makes your heart stronger. It makes your body run better, but we forget all these other problems that are sick, that are coming from not grounding or not doing some sort of exercise. And when I say exercise, I don't, it can be Yona Asadas. It can be an hour of yoga, right? I feel like it's just movement. It's movement. It's just, yeah. it, it can be as simple as like, I've heard Adi Shanti talk about how like he just go, sometimes goes out and walks barefoot mm-hmm. around his house just for like an hour, just to ground himself. Any of these things work, right? Um, when he had a, when he had a project due participant go through a big release, I took him outside cause he was shaking so much as there. I took him outside and we grounded him in nature and just by moving your body, release it. And you know this, right? You don't have to be you don't have to be this, you know, level of consciousness to even think about these things. When you're angry, if you go and run, how much better do you feel after? Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? You released, released the energy that was building up that was causing the anger. So when you ask me that question, the actual preventative nature of this is that if you're exercising, you don't, it doesn't actually lead to the active mind nearly as much. 
I'm not saying that's going to go away from exercise, by the way. There's a lot more work to do there. But one of the things you can do every day is movement, grounding. That's why meditation works. All these techniques work, right? They're part of just starting it so that the energy doesn't... Because think about it. When you're angry, you have a ton of energy going through you. What does your mind do when you're angry? goes ballistic. Yeah. I was going to say it just talks. It talks so so much louder. And the reason why it's talking is because it's a form of release of energy. So if you can release the energy early on in your day, you show up with more clarity. Right. Or, um, some through movement or through meditation, any of those things. And and hopefully you do both. Yeah. You do some form of meditation. Even journaling is the same way. Journaling is a release of energy because you're able to like the thoughts are in there and you're able to get them out. That's all part of these preventative cares align you for your health and wellness. So again, there's way more than just about the movement of exercise. That's one component of it. But what's the benefit of movement? Like that's why people moved their bodies was in earlier in these days. So that's part of it. So the, and, and by the way, here's the other thing, as you, as you work your body out and you become less stressed, like the mind's still going to be there just to a different degree, mm-hmm. right? It's gonna be talking. Then you sleep better. Mm-hmm. So when you, yeah. it then becomes this virtuous cycle, but most of us are on this vicious cycle where we are too busy for our health, too busy to eat properly, too busy for sleep, too busy to optimize or even think about sleeping more. Right. And too busy for all of this. So they end up like, I'm like, well, what are you, what are you doing in your life then? Well, I got to work. I'm like, that is the silliest thing I've ever heard. There's nothing wrong with playing with the world. And I get the mechanics of that, but man, you are just caught way too much on these things. And so it's putting these boundaries in your life of saying, okay, if health and wellness, if I asked a group of people, I said, Hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars, but you would be take your health away or a billion dollars. Majority of people would say, I want my health. You think so? I, I, I it depends on your health. If I said, look, yeah. I'm going to take your eyes out, right? Whatever, whatever it is. Right. And just, or I'm going to make it so that you feel like you have the flu every day, but I'm going to give you a billion dollars. Which one do you want? It's probably a group that would probably say, I'll take the billion dollars, but I think yeah, the majority of yeah. people, they might take it at first and then they're going to get, they want to get, they'll want to give it get back. back because yeah. it's like, lose your health for a day and tell me what's important. People that actually are really, I don't mean like you have a slight cold and it's tough to get through there. I yeah. mean, like if you're really sick, yeah, cr- people who have like chronic injuries, chronic, or whatever pain, it is, like they would autoimmune diseases. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. You can put, you know, you can, the, the money structure of those things, is just institution, it's institutionalizing yourself. That's not what, who you are. You, you are way beyond that. So we have to prioritize our health and wellness. Now, the, the really cool thing about this is you can still go work for nine to 10 hours playing in that world. And you can still exercise for a couple hours or, you know, well, you can still go, you do, you can still allocate an hour to yourself. There's nobody that's listening to this very rare that you wouldn't be able to find an hour or 30 minutes for yourself every day. That may have to mean that you have to get up earlier, mm-hmm. right? That means you have to get to sleep earlier, but there's something that has to give. So that's where it's really, really important to, to think about this, that you need to prioritize these things in your life and think about in, in your food that you're putting into, like the way I like to look at this is every time I'm about to eat something, I just kind of remember that this is this food that I'm putting in my body is being used by every single cell in my body as either fuel or waste. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to put in your body? And look, I like, I still eat out once or twice a week for one meal or two meals. Like I still like doing that, but the majority of the time you, you, you have to, you have to figure out what, what, what matters more to you. When you do go out to a restaurant or something, are you still eating healthy? Um, one to two nights. It depends. Like I'm not like, I, I'm not gonna be like a fast food restaurant, but I yeah, will right. eat like a lot more bread. Like okay. I might put some butter on it. Like I'll probably eat like, like I like wings and ranch. Right? Like, I mean, who doesn't like wings? And you know what really gets me is nachos. 
Uh, and they have so many calories in them because it's there. Yes. But like, like I will, but what I will do is like, if I go to a restaurant, like there's a Mexican place that we always go to and I just order a thing of nachos and that becomes my whole meal. Right. Not like nachos, the wings and a burger. Like that's just too much. Um, or if I do, like sometimes I'll go a burger and fries. Like I'll, I'll eat that or sometimes I'll eat pizza. Right. right. Just one of those things. But it's rare. It's a, it, or but like it's, once a week. It's once a yeah. week. It's not that rare, but yeah. it's once or twice a week, but it's one meal. So like in the morning I'm eating healthy. And like, for instance, like on Fridays, when I know like I'm going to have, we have no real Fridays for our kids. So I know like we typically eat out on Friday afternoons or Friday evenings. So I'll actually limit to how much food I'm taking in on Fridays. So I'm just conscious of this. So even healthier on Friday mornings, I'll eat less, right? I'll eat less for lunch. And then I try to also on Friday afternoons, I try to do a long workout. So I also know I exercise for three hours or so. And and that's not why I do it, but that's just for me. It just kind of works. I'm just more conscious when I'm about to eat out. So I'm, I'm trying to not over, you know, it's not the whole day I'm cheating on these different right, things right. or the whole weekend. It's like when I hear people are like, I did really well during the week and then I lost it on the weekends. It's like, well, you just, you lost your sleep, you lost your eating and then you have to rebuild it every normal night. It's exhausting. Yeah. And so if you, instead of just accepting that, like, I'm just going to, this is going to be part of my life. You know, when we, for Project Do, we got people, you know, health nutritionists and we had a lady come in there and, um, you know, that was talking about, uh, you know, they coach professional athletes. And one of the questions I asked her, I said, what's the difference between a professional athlete and the average person just trying to get healthy? And the thing that she said was that the, 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 the professional athlete, they couldn't imagine not making health or wellness part of their life. Mm-hmm. That's it. Period. That's the difference. Now, whether or not they are, you know, training for six hours a day, every day of their life, the rest of the world, but just, part of their life is just to eat healthy. That's mm-hmm. just what they do. And they move every day. And they move every day. And they, yes, sleep well. they sleep well. They do. Yeah. They recover very well. Yeah. That's the thing with athletes. People don't realize this. Athletes recover better than 99.9% of people out there, they're either strategically on in terms of like exercising. Mm-hmm. And then what are they doing? They're resting, right? Constant rest, right? Even when I was big in the triathlons for a while in Ironmans, I was following like Lionel Sanders, for instance, like that guy was just, he's just, I see he's like the Tiger Woods of, of triathlon in terms of his, his strength and his attitude and stuff. Anyways, he, uh, he would, he was, he would, he's very open about his, what his day looks like. And it, like he would, he has three out, three workouts a, a, a day, basically. And he would, after his workouts, he would come and just sleep. Then he would get up, work out and then come back and sleep and eat more and then sleep more. And it's just like that, but that's what was, that was his life. Right. right. And, and even before I would get to a big full Ironman, my coach would go to me, he goes, Hey, you have to understand for these next eight weeks, you just need a professional athlete. What he meant by that was sleep, recover, eat healthy. He's like, there's nothing more important these X weeks for you treating your body like a professional athlete. Now I don't always do that, but for the, just the point is it's all about awareness around these things, mm-hmm. right? So again, it cle- your, so sleep on the brain, right? Clears out the harmful toxins. It regulates your appetite. That's another thing that people don't realize is the lack of sleep makes it feel like you didn't, it didn't process it well enough. So then it can actually crave more foods, particularly fatty foods. So that's one of the things that sleeping on the brain helps regulate your appetite. So you actually can help process and speed up your metabolism. Um, that's something that people don't realize it. Um, it again, helps keep your body healthy and just really a more efficient throughout the entire process. Um, so what are some things that you can do? We've talked a lot about just eating. Eating, and we've talked a lot about, um, in terms of, of moving, what, we, what that means for there, but what about sleeping? Some things that you can do that are free, right? Uh, no screens an hour before bed. You can literally just take your phone and put it on do not disturb. So at seven 30, my phone goes and do not disturb. I'm not always perfect on it, but it goes there, right? You know, go to bed at the same time. We talked about that. Keep pets and 
pets and kids out of the bedroom. You know, keep your bedroom at 60, 70 degrees. If you have some extra um, funds that you could throw at sleep, weighted blankets in, in, I use an Uller system, but any basically sleep pad that's um, regulated by like a radiant system that allows the temperature to be like 52 degrees or 60 degrees is a game changer for people. And basically, so I use Uller, I don't own the company, so there's, you can buy it, they don't get anything from saying it. But it's really been a game changer for me. And when then Sarah, my wife, used it when I was gone one day, she's like, you need to get me one of these things because it works that well. Most people sleep really hot and it prevents people with the hotter you sleep, it prevents you from actually going into deeper REM sleep. Um, and so one of the things you can use is you can use a, a sleep pad and you and it, it's all Bluetooth related. So it comes on automatically. It's super easy to use. You don't have to think about it in the middle of the night. It's like you're getting into it. And it's like 52 degrees and you're cold at first, but it keeps your body um, and you just get a deeper, deeper sleep. Um, from there as well too. So those are some things and obviously making sure that you're, um, you know, it's a noise machine or pink noise. And then that your, your room is as dark as possible for that as well too. Um, so those are some things you can do to optimize your sleep, to help improve your brain, which is going to create this virtuous cycle, which is the whole point of this conversation is to bring awareness around how are you treating your health and your wellness? Allie? Well, I know we talked a lot about the brain health, but we also talked about a lot of just health in general, yeah. which it can feel a little overwhelming when we're like, you need to sleep this a certain amount, you've got to meditate and you've got to journal and then you need to exercise and all the things. So what would be your recommendation for one or two things where people can start that would be would just be a really great place to start yeah. one, one or two things yeah. that they can do. I think you oh. should start off your day with at least like a five minute meditation. There's plenty of apps. You can just breathe for five minutes, right? And just concentrate on your breath. Um, but some sort of meditation and you can do it for five minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is that there. I also think during the middle of the day, people should add a five minute meditation. And I just mean meditation. This means that you just stop doing everything you're doing and just remember that you're here in earth <laughs> and just breathe through that. And then number two, I would focus on movement in the morning, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can muster up, just move that exercise in itself. So those are just the five minutes of meditation of some sort of form meditation there. Focus on movement during the morning that if you just do those two things to start with, that would be a great way to start increasing your ability and your focus on your health and your wellness. Because I know just like you and I, Hallie, we, we you're going to want a tailwind. You're going to want to feel good regardless of how long you have to live. Like, here's the thing. I think your, your genetic makeup is different from everybody. So somebody may have genetic makeup that allows them to live 110. Somebody else may have genetic makeup that allows them to live to 80. If it's 80, you might as well live a really good 80 years instead of getting and having these tailwinds and dying at 60 instead of 80. Right. So these are the things versus dying at a, you know, at 90 versus if you could live to hundred. So there's a, there's a way that you have a genetic makeup that's probably going to maximize what your genetic makeup is. But the, all of these helps optimize to feel great while you're living those years out and helps you get closer to whatever your, your genetic makeup is to extend that life. You've reached the end of another episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If you like what you heard and feel inspired to do so, please leave a review. It's awesome hearing from listeners like you. And remember, never give up on joy.